thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hope this message from Good News Company blesses you. Find us on Instagram and Facebook and enjoy the message. I'm still expecting God to, to touch me in the worship. I'm still expecting to be blessed by one of you after church with, with an encouraging word or help me stir me up in my faith because that's what we're called to do. And so I'm excited for what God has in store for us for the rest of tonight. Um, before we do, that was perfect. Vision Sunday. Make sure you take this, okay? This is only valid for one week, okay, because it's next week. So please take it. If you have people in your world who maybe aren't a part of church or they've been away from church or, you know, whatever it is, take some of these. We've got a hundred because we're believing that that's what we need. We don't need a hundred right now, but we don't prepare for what we need right now. We prepare for what we're believing for. So anyway, and it was just easier to bring a hundred. Anyway, so uh, make sure you take this. Put it on your fridge. Look at the back. What does it say on the back? It says, see, I am doing a new thing. Come on, the Bible says, God says to his people, see, I am doing a new thing. I don't know about you, but I love new things. And I better not get into next week's message. But uh, I'm excited. Last week, uh, as Benny said, we're we're in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting. What is it, day four, two weeks, one week to go? And uh, last week, Benny preached a message called Discovering the Voice of God. Was anyone here for that? Discovering the Voice of God? I was still just... That was just still nourishing me for life. That's such a Christian word, nourishing. I was, I was just really feeding my spirit uh, for the whole week, and I was just uh, leaning into that. And so I, I was so jealous of how good her sermon was that I, I decided I wanted to, to add to it. And tonight I wanted to continue that, and I've got to preach a message tonight called Discovering the Presence of God. Discovering the Presence of God. And I'm going to go all the way back here. We're going to kick our journey off. We're going to go to a few places. We're going to go to Adam. We're going to go down to Peter. And we're going to finish in with Jesus at the very end. Just so you've got a roadmap of where we're going. But I want to look at Genesis chapter 2. Okay, if you've got your Bible, please turn there. If you've got that physical Bible, you're a true Christian. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If your Bible glows, that sounds good too. It's more biblical, I think, to have a tablet because it's a, you can scroll, right? A young roll the scroll. That's... Bible jokes. So uh, go to Genesis chapter 2. If not, on the screen, no problem there. Actually, if you need a Bible, just get one, okay? And we've got something to give you. Outside those doors, New Testament Bibles, get one. Please get one. Just get one. Uh, But it says this, Genesis chapter 2, 7 and 8. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden. Everyone say Eden for me real quick. Eden. And there, where? There in Eden he put the man he had formed. I'm going to read verse 8 again just for impact. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden. And there he put a man uh, that he had formed. Will you pray with me right now? Because I don't want to preach this message without God. You know, you can do a lot of things yeah. without God. Yeah. You can even do Christian things without God. Yeah. And I don't want to preach a message that's just a nice message. I, I need God. Yeah. I need God to come through right now. Um, I've prayed, I've prepared, but I need the touch of God. And for you in your life, you need the touch of God. You don't need me. You don't need a preacher. You don't need those keys. You need God. And he wants to meet you here, right here, right now. But we're going to ask. Ask if you're not. Let's close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. You're here right 
now. And Jesus, we open our hearts to you. God, we say we, we have soft soil in our hearts. We receive the word that is about to be planted into us. We don't want to reject it because of our, uh, our bad attitude. We don't want to reject it because of unforgiveness. We don't want to reject it because we just don't feel like it. But God, right now, we put our body in line and we say we are hungry and we are expectant to receive from you. Help us to discover the presence of God. Help us to grow closer to you uh, in Jesus' name. We thank you for what you're doing in our church. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, in our families, in our city. And we bless you, Jesus. We say have your way tonight in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Now one more time, everyone said, Amen. Come on, let's get that voice box working. Amen. Discovering the presence of God. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, we took our team, our core team, um, out to a bit of a, a planning day, a planning retreat, and we, we went out into the city of Rizzi and uh, we rented this unit up on this uh, tower building, um, and, we, and we hang out in there, we were praying and planning and falling asleep at three o'clock in the afternoon. It was, it was so much fun. And, but uh, the first morning, we, Benny and I, we stayed there the night and, um, and we, uh, in the morning, I got up and I just do what you do. You went to get coffee. Uh, usually, if you're going to go get coffee in the morning for us, it's uh, you got to get in the car, you got to drive all the way there and order the coffee. But while we were in the city, all, all I did to get coffee was got dressed, thankfully, and I went outside and went down, down the elevator and then just walked around the corner to get a coffee. And I, as I was doing that, I was reminding myself, I'm like, man, I love the city. As I was walking through there and I got to the bottom in the foyer of this, this apartment block and, uh, and then walked around the corner, as soon as I stepped outside at like seven o'clock in the morning, there was just life. There was just people. There was this guy running to work and this person was busking and cars are buzzing. And I just remind myself, man, I love the city. I, I, I love being in that space. Bethany just spent a few days on a riding retreat in the city. She came home without knowing my message. She said the same thing. She's like, I love the city. I wish I could live there. Um, and, and I realized for me that uh, the city, it's, uh, it's a place where like, I feel like I come alive, right? Ideas start flowing and uh, I feel refreshed and I feel excited and I get inspired and all that sort of stuff. And I was thinking about this. Everyone, each one of us, you and I included, we have a zone. We have that place, right? There is somewhere in your life where you're like, when I get to that place, when I get in that environment, when I get in that area, I just come alive. It's like I, 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 my, 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 idea, my brain wakes up, I get good ideas, I, I feel motivated. I don't know what is that place for you. Is it the beach? Some of it's, it's going to the beach. For some of it's the mountains, we, we come alive. Some of it's uh, like on stage. If you're an actor, we've got some actors. Uh, some of it's, it's uh, you know, it's wherever. It could be on a bike, riding, like driving a fast car. There's somewhere where you're like, when I go here, when I do that, I come alive. Is that anyone? Or is that just me? You've got a, a place where you're like, why don't you just turn to someone near you? If you're on the second row, you might need a yell out because there's leprosy in the center of the second row. <laughs> yeah, tell them, where, where is that place for you? You already got somewhere. Come on, just turn. Come on, let's open our mouths in church. Where is that place for you? You, you come alive. Is it uh, in the coffee shop? You just go into the coffee. In the water, is it the football field, right? The soccer field. You get out there and you're like, I am alive. It's, did you did you did you match the person? Were you in the same the same sort of place? The other person near? If you're both single, what's a good start? Anyway, um, where is that place where you're like, man, I was I was made for this. 
right? You get in that environment, you're like, man, I was made to be here. This is where I come alive. Well, I was thinking about that thought, that idea, when I was reading about Adam and Eve, or at this point, Adam being put in the Garden of Eden. You know, that place was the place. That is where Adam came alive. I, I was thinking about that idea of you go somewhere, but imagine if you could take that place with you. Right? Imagine if you could bring the city home with you, back to the suburbs. Ma- imagine if you could uh, bring the beach home with you. Imagine if you could take the, the soccer field or the water if you're a swimmer. Imagine if you could bring that home. How much productive would you be? How good would you feel? Who's ever gone on the holiday and you're like, man, I feel so refreshed, and then you come home and you're tired. It's like, I wish I could take this environment with me and what it does with me. Well, the Garden of Eden was that place for humanity, was that place for Adam. The Bible says that he planted a garden in the east called Eden, and there he put man. Where? There. In the Garden of Eden. Where, what is the Garden of Eden? The Garden of Eden is his presence. The Garden of Eden is uh, the spot. The whole world wasn't the Garden of Eden, the Bible tells us. It was a garden planted in this one area. It had an area, and it was in this spot. Eden, one of the words, one of the the Hebrew letters in Eden means a spot or a moment. We'll get to this later, but it's a spot. And so it was in this spot that God's presence dwelt. Right, the Bible tells us a bit later on that in the cool of the evening, he would come and walk amongst them and, and he would chat with them and hang out with them. And it was where his presence dwelt. Now, I've got to just make a definition here before we go too, too, too far. There's two parts to God's presence, right? Teaching mode. There is his omnipresence, right? And there is his manifest presence. There is God's omnipresence and his manifest presence. God's omnipresence. What is that? Omni means all, everywhere. God's presence is everywhere at all times. Does that not blow anybody's mind right now? Come on, right now, God is in the solar system. He is hanging out. He is surfing on the rings of Saturn. He is over by the sun, keeping it warm right now. He is in the places in the deepest, darkest part of the ocean we've never been. He's down there just like hanging out with fish and watching them move and keeping the oxygen going. He's at the top of Mount Everest right now. He's just chilling up there, admiring his creation. And he is, at the same time, he is in Iraq with our missionaries, Jeremy and Alana, encouraging them and speaking to them and giving his 100% attention to them there at the very same moment that God is on Saturn, he's in this room. He is an omnipresent God. He is everywhere at all times. That means he's there even when you don't know he's there. Right? That means he is there even when you don't feel like he's there. That means he's there when it feels like you're in your darkest, most difficult moment where the whole world has turned against you, where you messed up so badly no one could forgive you. He is there. He's omnipresent. We don't always realize he's there. And that's where his manifest presence comes into play. His manifest presence is when we become aware of his presence. His manifest presence is when us humans realize God is here. God is with me. God is in this moment. He is in the boat with me. He is in the storm with me. And the greatest revelation of his manifest presence is Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us. 
That is, he, he, he would bring his manifest presence all through the scriptures. Uh, it would start, you know, in the Old Testament with Israel and the, uh, well, first it started in the garden. He would come down as a, and, and walk amongst them. That's his manifest presence. He's there already, but he manifests his presence in the garden. And throughout Israel's history, he would lead them and guide them with the, the temple and the Holy of Holies and the pillar of fire and the cloud by day and the manna in the wilderness. God would manifest his presence until ultimately it would climax into the moment of Jesus being born, the Christmas story. Uh, and we're still living in that time now through the Holy Spirit. That's his manifest presence on earth. It's not just physical. It's his presence on earth. But I believe that God wants us to live more in his manifest presence. He wants his children, his people, to live aware of his presence more often. Right? Not just every now and then. Not just when Houston leads us in worship so amazingly. Right, and we feel goosebumps. Not not just in a, in a two hours on a Sunday. Not just when we're listening to our favorite preacher and it, it, it speaks to us. Not just in our morning devotion. Not just in our nighttime prayer. He wants to live. He wants us to live aware of his presence all the time. We want to walk in his manifest presence. Why? Because we were made in the presence of God. And we were made for the presence of God. We were made in the presence of God and we were made for the presence of God. You know, just like there's that physical place where you and I come alive. For me, it's the city. For you, it's the beach. For you, it's the cafe. Wherever it is that you come alive, physically, there is a a place for your spirit where your spirit comes alive. Because you realize we're more than a body, right? I'm more than flesh and bone. I've got a spirit that lives in my body. I've got a spirit man inside of me. I'm not just a handsome, uh, you know, fine-looking specimen. I have a spirit, right? And the same way your physical body goes somewhere physically to be refreshed and revived and inspired and come alive, your spirit needs somewhere to go to come alive and to be fulfilled and satisfied. And that place is the presence of God. That's why we got to discover the presence of God. The Bible says that in his presence is fullness of joy. Come on, that's not happiness. Happiness depends on what happens to you. Now, on a good day, I'm happy. On a bad day, I'm not happy. That's different to fullness of joy. Fullness of joy is found in his presence. And that doesn't matter what situation looks like. That doesn't matter if it's good day, bad day, worst day, corona day, whatever day. Because I'm living in the fullness of joy. The Bible says that in his presence, we find rest. There is rest in his presence. There is peace in his presence. There is satisfaction in his presence. Our spirit, we were made to be in, everyone say in, in. and for the presence of God. I want to live more and more aware in the presence of God because that's where I'm alive, man. That's where, that's where my, and that's why Paul says, man, the flesh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's because the flesh isn't in a good place physically, but the spirit is in a good place spiritually. And so I, I, I want to live more aware, more often, of the presence of God. Here's a problem. Everyone loves problems. The problem is, too often, we don't live discovering the presence of God. We live distancing ourselves 
from the presence of God. We live not, not purposefully, not sinfully, right? Not, not because we're angry at God, but we often too easily live distancing ourselves from the presence of God. Let's go to Peter. In uh, Luke, Luke chapter 22, Jesus has just been arrested and we pick up the story and, and, and Peter begins following along. It says this, Luke chapter 22, verse 54. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him to the house of the high priest. And Peter followed at a distance. Verse 55. And when, uh, when, some of, uh, when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of a courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him and seated there and, and by the firelight, and she looked at him closely and said, this man was with him, and he denied it. Woman, I don't even know him, he said, and he denied it. You know, one of the most stressful things that you can do, I've found in my life, is trying to follow someone in the car, Right? Where you're, 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 you're in a car convoy, they oh, don't you don't need maps, just follow me. You're like, okay. You know my father-in-law? I love him. But if you ever, if you ever need to follow him in the car, just get the GPS out now. It's so difficult to follow someone in a car when they're just, they're, they're, they're speeding, they don't use indicators, they're, they're last minute, they're on the highway, and then they're oh, you know, over the checkered line and into the exit. You're like, what is this guy doing? It's so hard to follow. And the greater the distance, right, the harder it is to follow. Because so you can't see them. And also, the worst part, other cars come in between you. When things come between you and the one that you're supposed to be following, it becomes harder and harder and more difficult to see and to follow the one you're supposed to be following. It's easier to lose them. Look at this scripture here. The Bible says that Peter denied it. Peter denied knowing Jesus. Peter said, no way, not me. That, that, you've got the wrong guy. I'm not the guy that you think I am. I'm denying this. What's so fascinating about this is Peter... It's not really, if you know, the character of Peter. He's a man of extremes. He, 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 he's either totally for or like the worst. Like he, he, He's either doing one great thing or he's doing one really stupid thing. He's a man of extremes. And we see this play out right here in, these, in this, this narrative because a few, uh, even just a few minutes earlier, a few, a few moments ago, Peter is in the garden when Jesus gets uh, arrested. And uh, he is so passionate about Jesus, about living for Jesus and defending Jesus that the Bible says, I think it's in uh, Luke, uh, sorry, John chapter 18. It says uh, he, he, he had a sword and he drew it and he struck a guy and cut off his ear. Peter is so passionate. He's so fired up to defend Jesus that he cuts off a person's ear hole in order to defend his friend. And this, this is confusing to me because even just a few hours earlier, Jesus is having his, his last supper with the boys and they're, 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 he's talking through a lot of things and all of this stuff's happening and he begins to say, hey, someone's going to you know, betray me and this and that. And Peter, he makes this big, bold declaration, big, bold Peter, the, the man of extremes. He, he says this in Luke chapter 22, verse 33. He says, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. I'm ready to die for you, Jesus. And I wonder, how does someone go from dying for Jesus to denying Jesus? 
How does someone go from defending Jesus to I'm going to die for you, Jesus, to denying Jesus? How does one of Jesus' top three guys, you know, he was called the rock. How does the rock get shook by a little girl? And say, the rock, you're just Dwayne Johnson, aren't you? <laughs> I'm always going to read that and see Dwayne Johnson in there. How does he, the rock, that's hilarious. How does, G, how does Peter do it? To go from deny, from dying for to deny. One word, distance. The Bible says that, that, G, that Peter followed at a distance. The thing about distance, the problem with distance is distance is a divider. It separates, it, it removes. There, there is no heart and soul with distance. There is no intimacy at distance. How are you going to get close to Jesus from a distance? You know, there's a reason long distance relationships rarely work out. Because you need proximity to have a healthy, strong relationship. We need to be close. And, and Peter in this moment has created distance. Are you long distance relationing, shipping Jesus? Sorry, I butchered that sentence. Do you have a long distance relationship with Jesus tonight? You know, you call him every now and then, right? Maybe send a photo of your prayer requests every now and then. Occasionally you have long, long conversation, whatever. But, but that's a lot different to coming home every night or, or spending the day with him or, or, or being intimate or being close. Do you have a close relationship with the presence of God? You know, humans, we were, we were made for the presence of God. We were made for it. And, and, and here's the thing. I'm not talking about Christians. Humans were made for the presence of God. Fun fact, Adam and Eve weren't Christians. The first people weren't Christians. They weren't believers. They were just humans created in the presence of God. And so uh, the presence of God, what, what we're saying, it's not just for churchy people. Right? It's not just for pastors. It's not just for long-term Christians. It's not just for three songs at the beginning. The, the presence of God exists for everyone. It is where everyone it needs to be. It is where everyone's spirit comes alive. We as humans were made in Eden, in the presence of God, in the manifest presence of God. That is where we thrive. This is where we come alive. I'm sorry, this is not a three-point sermon with three points that all start with the same letter, all rhyme, bonus points. But I feel like this is a message that you need tonight. This is a message that I need tonight. Discovering the presence of God. Ben, can you come and help me just close this out? We were made for the presence of God. And I wonder if you just take a moment of self-reflection and realize, man, am I living in the presence of God? I'm talking about every day. Am I close to Jesus? Am I following Jesus? Can I hear? Or have I let a few too many cars come between me and him? Have I let a few too many distractions become, become, come between me and him? Have I, have I allowed a few too many people or opinions? Have I allowed fear of a virus come between me and my saviour here? Am I beginning to struggle to hear the voice of God? Am I struggling to, uh, to know what he wants to do in my life? I don't want to be distant from Jesus because I was made for and in the presence of God. And I need the presence of God to exist because outside of the presence of God, 
you won't survive. Outside of his presence, you'll die. I think about this. Everything in creation, God, everything was created in an environment. God created an environment and then he put something in it. And this plant is real. It's nice. This plant thrives in this environment. This is where it belongs. This is where it was created to be. But what happens if I... What happens if I... All of a sudden, this thing is not dead yet. All of a sudden, this this plant isn't dead yet. But this plant is going to slowly dry out. This plant's going to begin to slowly die. It still looks okay, but it's outside of its environment. It's beginning to die. And some of us live like this. Where God's saying, I didn't design for you to live here. I've created my presence for you to live in. And, and, And some of us... We are, we're like, you know what? We keep church for ourselves and we say, this thing is for me, but everyone needs the presence of God. And some of us, we, 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 we are, we just, let's get this guy here. All right. Some of us are like this fish. I don't know how long this fish has to live. I don't know how long he's got it. He, he's flapping and he's, he's crying. He's sucking for air. Why? Because he is outside of his environment. He didn't belong here. He doesn't deserve to be here. He was designed to live inside the presence of God. It's okay. I would really make my sermon illustration, wouldn't it? But some of us are more concerned about that fish being in its environment than you are for your own soul being in the presence of God. And there are people outside of these, this church. There is people in our city and they're just flapping. They're flopping all over the place trying to breathe, trying to come alive. And they're dry and, and outside of where God designed them to be. And we're in here just swimming around in the presence of God. We're out here just enjoying where God... And God's saying, you need to extend the boundaries of my presence. That's why it can't stay here. In the words of Bane from Batman, we've got to take this mobile. We've got to move out of here. There is a world that needs the presence of God with Adam and Eve in the garden. The Bible says that God told them to be fruitful and to multiply and to work the garden, to tend it, to keep it. The whole world wasn't like the garden. They said, you know what, you've got to expand this. Come on, let's push this out further. Come on, this can't stay here. This can't just be for here. This just can't be for myself. I've got to extend this because there is a world that needs Jesus. There is a world that needs the presence of God. It's still alive. Don't worry. We need to be people who say, I'm not just keeping this here for myself, for my family, for my four, no more. I need to take this further. Don't be like the plant living outside of where God created you to be. You need to live in the presence of God. You know what scares me about this message? Is that it's not just for non-Christians. It's for Christians. The Bible says that Peter followed. Peter was following. Peter was following Jesus. And that's what we say, isn't it? Come on, follow Jesus. Would you like to follow Jesus? Come on, say yes and follow Jesus. Peter was following Jesus. At a distance. Yeah. Is it possible that you could be following Jesus yeah, wow. at a distance? Is it possible that it's going to take more than just attending church once a month or 
saying grace before dinner or, you know, having a, having a clean Facebook page or whatever? Like, is it possible that you can not follow Jesus closely enough? I don't want to just be a follower of Jesus. I want to be someone who is intimate with him. I want to be someone that knows his presence. I want to be someone that walks in it, that takes it everywhere that I go. I want to be someone who moves in the presence of God. I want to live in the presence of God this year. I want to tap into his heartbeat for the world. I want to tap into his heartbeat for my friends and for my family. You know, God created things and he filled it. He created the sky and he filled it with birds. He created the sea and he filled it with fish. He created the solar system and filled it with planets. And he made his manifest presence and he put people in that. You wonder why your life or your friend's life or people outside, they're not going well? It's because they're not thriving. They're not living in the presence of God. They're walking too far from Jesus. We might get the band back. The rest of the band. And I don't know, with every eye closed, maybe right here, you're saying, man, sorry, service team. It's not planned for it to go that way. Maybe some of you, at some point, you're saying, you know what, I've been following Jesus at a distance. Over here. <laughs> Why do you think I walked over here so we wouldn't get distracted? From that over there? Yeah, thank you. I don't know. Maybe you are being following Jesus just from a distance. See how that goes. See how the church goes. Will it grow? Vision Sunday, we're going to grow. Will I say, will God come through? You know, I don't have time to go into this, but his, his distance came out of discouragement because he thought Jesus was going to be this, this Messiah King that was going to take over the Roman Empire and dethrone the... He, he thought, and, and he was discouraged, and you've got to be careful of discouragement because discouragement is the seed and denial or distance is the, is the, the fruit. It's a, it's a seed the enemy sows, a weed seed. I don't have time to go into that. Weed seed. Are you too far from the presence of God? Why don't we just stand in this place real quick? You know, one of the, one of the best ways to begin your journey discovering the presence of God is easy. I'm going to give you that secret to start off with tonight. It's so simple. It's, it's almost foolproof. You can't get it wrong. Remember, it's not about feelings. The Bible says in um, Psalm 23, he says, You are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel, a.k.a. God's people. You might know the translation where it says, uh, You inhabit the praises of your people. Prayer, uh, sorry, praise and worship and singing and, and, and soaking in, in the praise and the worship. Literally, the Bible says that he enthrones himself. Of the praises of his people. And so if we want to be people who live and dwell and walk in the presence of God, we need to be learning how to worship. And that's why I said it's not about feelings. We're not talking about your physical body. Because we're going to worship in a second. You might just feel hot if you're on this side of the room and the air conditioning isn't working. That doesn't mean the presence of God isn't moving. That doesn't mean that your spirit isn't being refreshed. That doesn't mean your soul isn't being satisfied. That doesn't mean you're finding peace where there is no other peace. That doesn't mean anything because it is our spirit 
entering into the manifest presence of God where fullness of joy and where there is a peace that goes beyond understanding. It is in that place. I wonder if we begin. The thing is, is that God's presence comes and his manifest presence exists, but we also need to have an open heart. We need to also have a heart that says, God, I want to be there. God, I'm ready. I'm available. My doors are open. This this place is ready for you to be enthroned upon, for you to inhabit my praises. And and I love this song we've been singing. Uh, uh, yes, Lord, I'm available. Yes, God, I'm available. Yes, Lord, I'm here. Yes, God. I believe I, I felt God say this to me before the service. He wants to rest on your yes. Wow. He wants to rest his presence on your yes. On his yes to it, the call of God on your life. To the yes to be obedient even when you don't feel like it. To the yes to be a, a godly husband or wife. To say yes, he will rest his presence on your yes. So I wonder for just a few minutes, would we put our feelings aside and say, okay, I'm, I'm about to step in. I'm about to sing and I want to lift up the name of Jesus and I want the presence of God. If that's you, I wonder right now, if you're comfortable, if you're not a Christian, that's okay. But why don't we raise our hands right now as we begin to sing. I want to sing that song, Available.